الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والشمس وضحاها والقمر اذا تلاها والنهار اذا جلاها والليل اذا يغشاها والسماء وما بناها والارض وما طحاها ونفس وما سواها فالهمها فجورها وتقواها قد افلح من زكاها وقد خاب من دساها صدق الله العظيم مؤسسات رحمه الله كرام بردنا الدرس in the Quran Sharif in various places Allah Ta'ala has taken a qasam has taken an oath Allah Ta'ala is not in need of taking an oath on anything to convince somebody Allah Ta'ala is the most truthful وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُوا مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلَ Allah Ta'ala is the creator and the sustainer of the universe Allah Ta'ala is the creator of every insan what does Allah Ta'ala need to take any qasam for anybody? Allah Ta'ala doesn't take a qasam in order to try and convince somebody in A'udhu Billah. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam to highlight sometimes the importance of something, sometimes the dangers in some issues and various other reasons of this nature. In one particular surah of the Quran Sharif, which we recited, the number of qasams that have been taken simultaneously or rather consecutively, no other surah and no other place in the Quran Sharif, so many qasams have been taken one after the other. Like in the surah where Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam, washamsi wa duhaha, this washams, this wow the Arabic language, the person who is familiar will understand this in this context is a qasam this wow comes for an oath, to take an oath like in many other surahs, wattin, wazzaytun, wattuuri sinin and so on Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam, washamsi waduhaha, walqamari idha talaha qasam on the sun, qasam on the moon and then the qasam on the day, the qasam on the night these are things which bring about so many changes in terms of what insan sees that the sun comes up and in the light of the sun so many things happen so many things are dependent on the light of the sun in terms of means that if that sunshine is not there the crops will not ripen and so many things won't happen this is just one so many diseases and things are taken care of purely by the rays of the sun germs and viruses and whatever and then the moonlight has its tremendous benefits that Allah Ta'ala gives the creation via the light of the moon then the day and all the things that happen in the day and wallayli idha yaghshaha and then when the darkness of night covers the day and this night Allah Ta'ala has made a time of sukoon a time when a person gets that rest and he gets that time to re-energize a person can sleep 10 hours in the day 
but that sleep of the night of five hours that rest that he will get in that five hours he will not be able to get that same quality of rest in the ten hours in the day Allah Ta'ala has placed that sukoon in the sleep of the night Allah Ta'ala's system that Allah Ta'ala has made and in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala has declared this that Allah Ta'ala has created the night لِتَسْكُنُوا سَكَنًا that this is a means and a time of sukoon that rest which is required by the body is really mainly achieved at night so all these are various things Allah Ta'ala takes qasam on and after all these qasams one whole list of qasams وَالسَّمَاءِ وَمَا بَنَاهَا then Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam on the skies وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا طَحَاهَا and on the ground, the earth how Allah Ta'ala has created this earth for insan and all the benefits in this earth and وَنَسْفِوا وَمَا سَوَّاهَا after all this whole list of qasams Allah Ta'ala says that قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا Allah Ta'ala created this insan and in this insan is this soul of his of the person who purifies the soul purifies this heart, the soul Allah Ta'ala says قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا then he has succeeded so now this entire list of qasams which no other place in the Quran Sharif has so many qasams taken consecutively after all these qasams then Allah Ta'ala says that the person who has purified this nafs purified this heart and soul this person is successful قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَ and with certainty قَدْ أَفْلَحَ this قَدْ comes to denote certainty this is a reality it's not just some figment of anybody's imagination just some wishful thinking this is a reality قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَ and the success that Allah Ta'ala is promising here is not the success that people look for in terms of aspects of dunya this success when Allah Ta'ala speaks of falah this success is complete total success that success which commences in dunya and continues and finishes off in jannat and obviously jannat is perpetual so it's not a very temporary kind of success which is short-lasting, the person feels now he's reached some goal and now everything is done and then suddenly something goes haywire and then now he sees all his goals got reversed and all his plans, everything went down the drain not these kind of successes of dunya this is a success which doesn't ever fail this is that same success in the azan also we have been called to hayya ala al-falah same word aflaha from the same root come to success not a very uh, artificial kind of success very very trivial and minor kind of success no the real success the success that is in this dunya the success at the time of death many a person feels he's very successful he'll only know how successful he is at the time of death and he'll only really know how successful he is when he's laid in the cover and he'll only know how successful he is when how things fare for him on the day of Qiyamah a person is studying, he's in school, he's in university or whatever and during the course of the year everybody's praising him you're really doing very well so he also gets very elated 
and he's also beginning to float high now, that I already, I think I'm done, because everybody told me I'm doing very well. But then whatever happened, happened, when the exams were written, he failed. So now he says, but the whole year everybody was praising me. And the whole year I was doing very well. So now this shouldn't bother, shouldn't matter to anybody. That now I failed in the exams, this you should just disregard. This you should just cast aside. Because the whole year everybody praised me. See, by the whole year everybody praised you, whatever it is, you failed the exams. You failed the exams, you can't progress now. So likewise a person has all these contentions of success and all these claims of success but he'll only really know how successful he was at the time of death when at that time he left this dunya with iman because otherwise everything is in failure no matter what a person has what he had so called achieved whatever his merits and achievements were his walls can be decorated with all his achievements and merits but it doesn't mean one bit if a person left this world without Iman. Total failure. So that's the time he'll only know what's a success. And when in the grave he's asked the questions, Man Rabbuk, Ama Deenuk, Ama Taqulu Fi Hadar Rajul, and he can answer those questions successfully. Who is your Rabb? And what was your Deen? And what do you have to say regarding the personality of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? And his actions will speak in the cover. And he gave the correct answers because he had the right actions. Now he's successful. And on the day of Qiyamah when he's asked the questions, حَتَّى يُسْأَلَ عَنْ عَرْبَعٍ عَنْ عُمُرِهِ فِي مَأَفْنَاهِ وَعَنْ شَبَابِهِ فِي مَأَبْلَاهِ وَعَنْ مَالِهِ مِنْ أَيْنَ اكْتَسَبَهُ وَفِي مَأَنْفَقَهِ وَعَنْ إِلْمِهِ مَاذَا عَبِلَ فِيهِ This is just one aspect. The Hadith Sharif Rasulullah says that no person will be able to move from the spot he is on until he is asked four questions and he gives the answers. He'll be asked about his life, how he spent his life. So now if he starts giving answers, well, I had this kind of car I drove and that kind of phone I used and that kind of brand labels I wore and that kind of function I had and this is the kind of wedding that I had for my father son or daughter and this is the kind of uh, bank balance that I amassed and this was my portfolio but will all those things make any difference on the day of Qiyamah? Yes, if he used those na'mats of Allah Ta'ala in a way that earned Allah Ta'ala's pleasure then that will count but other than that, that list won't make any difference, that list is zero they, a person will not be asked what you left behind because all that got left behind what car a person drove got left behind, somebody else is driving it. And maybe he smashed it to Allah knows. What balance a person left behind, everybody else already used it or abused it, Allah knows. And what mansion you left behind, somebody else is living in it or they already destroyed it to Allah knows. So that's not going to be the question on the day of Qiyamah, what you left behind. Because what you left behind got left behind. The question of the day of Qiyamah which will determine success is what you brought along. The Iman the person brought along, the A'mal that he brought along, the rewards of that A'mal that got sent ahead. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says that this insan keeps saying, my wealth, my wealth. But, وَهَلَّكَ مِنْ مَالِكَ إِلَّا مَا أَكَلْتَ فَأَفْنَيْتَ 
all the time he's just saying this is mine and that is mine and that is mine and he is all the time just now checking everything what more I have and what the balances are and how much it has what growth has happened in this past three months every quarter now that growth must be mapped and charted out he's all the time this is mine and that is mine and that is mine Rasulullah says وَهَلَّكَ مِنْ malik إِلَّا مَا أَكَلْتَ فَأَفْنَيْتَ what is your wealth? your wealth is what you've already eaten up so you ate it up that became yours أَوْ لَبِسْتَ فَأَبْلَيْتَ or you wore it and wore it out for the time you wore it it was yours you took the benefit of it it's yours and أَوْ تَصَدَّقْتَ فَأَمْبَيْتَ or what you spent in good causes and you transferred it to the bank of Akhirat that is yours the rest of it the rest of it is others the reality of it will become known when a person's eyes close it's others let alone when his eyes close before his eyes close he's still in dunya but he's already in the pangs of death the signs of death or the final illness has come he is already restricted. You can't do anything beyond one third of your wealth now. He's still in dunya. His life is still there, but he's already ebbing away. So already the restriction started. So in any case, this is the aspect that Allah Taala is speaking about in the Quran Sharif that this man that person has become successful who purified this nafs. So now there's a purification. The word tazkiyah, purification. What is this tazkiyah all about? So there are two things that are the terminologies that are used. One is takhliyah and the other is tahliyah. And when this takhliyah and tahliyah has been achieved, then this is what's called tazkiyah. What's this takhliyah all about? So to understand it by way of a simple example, a person sometimes now he bought one house for example, very old and dilapidated, things are falling apart and the paint has peeled off and the plaster is in fact peeling off. So now he bought that house, so what the thing that he does first? Does he start now already repainting it? No, no, he already first starts scraping off that plaster that is already cracked and flaking away, he strips all that off the wall, he takes down that old ceiling boards which are cracked and falling and whatever else is all in a state of dilapidation, everything is removed first, all the dirt and junk is all taken out and now that everything has been taken out, now he starts the process of now adorning it, rebuilding it and adorning it, now he starts plastering it again, then he's painting it and then on top of the paint then now there's some kind of some adornments and decorations and whatnot and the color coordination now everything must match and then the down lights must be in a certain angle to give the correct feel all these details now start off Allah knows press some people by the time they finish off with all those details they they so detailed their life is already half gone in that so in any case now First, the first step was that the person took all the dirt out and the junk out and really cleaned the place out. After having cleaned it out, he now got into the process of adorning it. 
now that he has cleaned it out and adorned it, then the person is happy to call it home. But other than that, he says, that's my house, I bought one house. So somebody says, can I come spend it? not even not ready yet. Not good enough to spend any time there. It's just a house. It's just a structure. Not good enough to be called home. But now that he's done it up, he says, now it's home now. So likewise, this heart first is the cleaning process. That there are things to be cleaned out. What's to be cleaned out? So there are various impurities that are in the heart. Just as there are impurities that affect a person externally. If a person there's najasat on his clothing, najasat on his body beyond a certain amount, then even his salah is not valid. And in any case, whatever amount it will be, it needs to be washed off immediately. And that, mashallah, becomes such an ingrained thing that let alone an adult, even a child understands that filth and dirt is something to be cleaned away immediately. If the child, a little child, maybe four year old, five year old, three year old in fact, if that child has, for example, suddenly spewed, he feels also totally restless, he must get cleaned out immediately. Because he understands filth and dirt is not something to tolerate. Certain as he grows up, he'll become even more conscious. Some things he becomes conscious immediately. That which has that odor in it, and the dirt and filth you can see in it, some things he might not be too conscious of at that stage of life, but as he grows up, he'll become conscious of that as well. So external impurities, every person, mashallah, is very conscious about person who has some understanding of deen also, that I can't be in a state of impurity at all, and I must wash myself immediately, wash the clothing of any impurity. So the impurities that are on the external self, so the effort is made to wash it off, to clean it out, and a person understands the impact of this also. That if that impurity is not washed out, then it will affect a person's salah, he can't perform salah. Somebody made tawaf in that condition, that tawaf won't be valid. And so many things are all affected because of that impurity externally. But what is external cannot compare to how important that which is internal is. What is external, that too has its place. But the more important thing is internal. So if the external impurities are so major and so problematic, that it will become a barrier in a person's ibadat getting accepted, the internal impurities block a person's entry into Jannah. Because impurities are a barrier. The external impurity became a barrier from the Salah of a person. He can't perform Salah. Because that Salah is not going to be valid. There's so much of impurity on his clothing, on his body. That became a barrier. The most fundamental injunction of Deen, but this impurity became a barrier. So likewise, impurities of the heart become a barrier from entry into Jannah. لَا يَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةِ مَنْ كَانَ فِي قَلْبِهِ مِثْقَالُ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ خَرْدَلٍ مِّنْ كِبْرٍ أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم says that person cannot enter Jannah who has pride in his heart to the extent of a mustard seed if a person has najasat on his clothing but it is less than the hollow section of the palm like we can say like roughly a kind of a five rand coin so now it's less than that five rand coin just for an understanding 
then extreme purity it must be washed out but if he wasn't aware of it by mistake it was there and he performed the salah if it was less than that extent the salah is added but if he saw it and he still did it then there will be it will be makruh but nevertheless there was some tolerance level to that extent so the external impurity up to that extent roughly the size of a five rand coin we can just say but the internal impurity Nabi Islam says even this level is not tolerated the extent of a mustard seed that much pride also that's beyond the tolerance level it'll become a barrier for a person entering to Jannah so now this purification has to be cleansed and when this purification will happen this purification will happen by means of cleansing out the heart and then adorning it and this is what the tazkiyah is all about and this is what is called taqwa this is what brings about taqwa that height of taqwa the height of taqwa the height of taqwa where even the, the thought of that sin the mention of a sin that too gives a person a shiver down his spine that disgust comes in his heart the mere thought of zina that disgust comes in his heart of any intoxicant that disgust comes in his heart of ghibat that disgust comes in his heart astaghfirullah how can ever make ghibat of anybody but nevertheless how does this come to that point so this is the very high level of taqwa but like some things that are have to be cleaned, anything that is clean, there is some degree of some rubbing involved. Still in this time and age also, in many places, rural areas, where there isn't even running water in the tap, people have to go and wash their clothing at a riverside. This is a very common scene, even now in some rural places, and previously it was a very, very common thing, that all the washing of clothing happened by hand. And when this clothing used to be washed, even now, people wash it at river banks and so on. So if ever a person had a chance to see this happening, they will take it and strike it on that rock. A person put whatever soap, whatever, and strike it on that rock or stone or something there. Some people would use a stick and strike it. And it actually, over a lot of strikes, it cleanses all that dirt out. And after a while it comes out completely clean. In fact, the hand wash of that nature, the machine wash of this time also can't really compare to it. But what really cleansed it out? The strike. This repeated strike. Now a person struck it once, twice, it might just loosen the dirt up a little bit. But it still be sticking on. It requires, a, depending on how deep that dirt is, it requires so many strikes. And after so many strikes, it will just all just disappear. But now it needs that many strikes first. So likewise, this nafs needs those strikes. Repeated strikes. Now one is that strike, which is already a level of taqwa. That level of taqwa is already there, where every time that a person is tempted towards some haram, tempted towards some sin look at this and then again that nafs is tempting look at take take a look open that phone and watch this 
Oh, Google this up and read this. Every time he's coming and he's saying, Astaghfirullah, how can I ever think about this too? After a while, again, the temptation is there. And again, the heart is even tugging. He's not yet come anywhere close to that point where that disgust came. He's actually feeling tempted. But, despite feeling tempted, he's not giving in. But every time he refuses to give in, it's striking something. But each time that he's taking the strike, it's cleansing something. And as it's cleansing something, it's also adorning the heart. Because it's bringing in a light. And now as this process continues, and he's striking and striking, as in one Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, that when the fitnas will come, fitnas will come like the waves of the ocean, incessantly. And every coming wave seems bigger than the one that preceded it. And seems bigger and more intense. Now there will be two kinds of people thereafter. One is that category of people, they just take everything in wholesale. Any fitna they take in wholesale. Something, somebody passed by, they must look. They got some thought came in the mind, they must start looking at it on the phone. Some thought came about doing something, they got to do it. The only thing that drives the person in life thereafter is, ma ushriba min hawa. Whatever desires come in his heart, he has to chase after those desires. He becomes a slave of his desires. That becomes one heart, completely engulfed in darkness. And Nabi Islam says it eventually becomes like a cup, like a vessel, some utensil that's upside down. And upside down, it can be under the Niagara Falls also, not one drop will go inside. Because upside down, it first needs to be brought right side up. And the other heart, the other category of people, Nabi Islam says that that heart which then keeps rejecting that fitna rejecting the fitna meaning that temptation that do this, I am not doing it do this, I am not doing it Allah has made this forbidden the heart is also feeling inclined that nafs is getting drawn in that direction so I am not doing it but every time that person is saying I am not doing it Nabi Islam says there is a light that is building up in the heart now this is a strike when two stones are struck together there's a, some spark comes out of it now every time this heart is struck with that strike of taqwa that I'm not going to do the wrong and there's a pain on the heart but the person perseveres now this light is building up Nabi Islam says it comes to the point when it becomes completely bright and it becomes like marble. The example that is given in the Hadith Sharif is like marble. One is completely clean and shiny. Marble is such if some dirt falls on it also, the slightest effort will wipe it clean. If some liquid falls onto it, it won't be able to seep through. It will be very easy to just roll off. And it's very firm and strong. From what's inside is protected. You can't try to bring that out. What's outside won't be able to penetrate. Yes, if somebody then really breaks through, wants to break it at a, with some heavy force, that's another matter. But that marble, Nabi Islam says, لا تضره فتنة ما دامت السماوات والأرض Because he has strengthened his heart to such an extent over time with those repeated strikes, 
no fitna will then affect him till the last breath. But it didn't happen in one strike. It would have happened over months and years. Repeated strikes on the heart, strikes of taqwa. Now when those strikes of taqwa come repeatedly on the heart, and the heart has now become fitna proof, now the person keeps progressing, and now the doors of taskiya are wide open. But this is the process. The strikes by means of this trampling on those desires, and now as he carries on building up on this, then eventually it comes to that level of taqwa, where the mere mention of that sin will make him nauseous. But this too is already a level of taqwa. That despite the temptation, despite the inclination, but he's not giving in. He's not giving in due to the fear of Allah Ta'ala. So this is a taqwa. And this is the, the dua of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allahumma atin nafsi taqwaha wa zakkiha anta khayru man zakkaha. Allah grant my heart taqwa and purify it. This taqwa, when this purification has been achieved, a person's whole thinking changes. His whole, whole outlook changes. He starts looking at things in a very different light. And what people won't be able to fathom, but what's, but he'll see it. So the Mashaabali Thani Rahmatullah one person who was closely associated with him, he had come to Tanabon, so he brought along his son as well, 13 year old son. So now the, he's traveled by train, and the rule was that if a person is, if a child is 12 years or younger, then he'll pay half the fare. And if he's over 12, then he must pay a full fare. So in any case, this person came along with his son, so Sani in the cause of that first meeting, so he introduced him, this is my son, etc. So he asked him that, uh, you came, you came by train, yes. So he just asked the next question. And the next question is, your son, how old is he? He says, no, he's 13 years old. But he was small built. So he says, well, 13 years old, yes. What fare you, what ticket you bought for him? The full fare or the half fare? So he said, no, I bought the half fare because though he's 13 years old, he looks very small, small built. So they didn't even bother to even ask. It was taken for granted this is still, he's still under 12. So when he said this, he said it very casually. It didn't strike him what he has done. Whereas he was a pious person in, for all intents and purposes. He had come for his Islam as well. But he just said it like, well, nothing out of the out of place in here. This is exactly the issue with many things about us. Many things just seem fine, just seems just ordinary, it doesn't seem like to be any issue. But that is because of the lack of taqwa. When he said this, said you are not even even the wind of the sawuf hasn't touched you yet. He was already had been appointed as a Khalifa, he cancelled all that. And he said, you have not even learned yet the first lesson. This was deception. And how can this deception ever be tolerated? In fact, once he was traveling somewhere, so now, like a person traveling by air or whatever, there's a certain extent that he's allowed to carry as luggage, certain weight. Now if it's beyond that, now he must pay the excess. 
So likewise by train also there was a certain amount of weight that was allowed. In excess of that the person must go and get it weighed and pay for that. So now he happened to come to the station and now he had some excess luggage. So he asked that so now when he got there, one of the persons who in India he's called a guard. Now the guard is the person who on the train now in the coach, he'll be going around from passenger to passenger to check the ticket and whatever else. And he is the person now, the supervisor of that whole thing. So he happened to be on the platform and he knew the Kamir Ahmadullah. So he came, met him and so on. So he asked him, where are you going? He said, no, I'm going to a certain place, but first I need to get this luggage weighed and to pay for it. So he told him, why are you worried about all this going and putting this luggage and weighing it and paying for it? This train that you are going on and you want to go to, I am going to be on this coach. So, in other words, so that's now my jurisdiction now. And normally I would have to check now whether the excess luggage was weighed or not and paid for or not. Oh, I'm going to be there, so don't worry. Just bypass it. Thandamda then just uh, very calmly said to him that, look, this train goes like from now, from Durban it will go to Peter Marisburg. But then from Peter Marisburg you're going to change the train, catch another train because my destination is Johannesburg. So you are going to go up to Peter Marisburg, not beyond. And I got to carry on beyond. So I'm going to have to go with this luggage beyond. They said, no, no, not a problem. That train that goes from Peter Marisburg, the train you're going to catch, that guard on that train, I know him well. I'll talk to him. He says, but then for example, I need to then go beyond. That train will only stop at, for example, escort. So now that escort is another train. So he said, no, that guard will talk to the guard on that side. So now eventually he said, but then I need to go further. So he says, no, but that, that train will go to Johannesburg. He says, no, 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 but I got to go further. He said, but where further do you have to go to? I got to go further, I got to go to Allah Ta'ala. I have to go to the day of Qiyamah. I have to answer for my deeds. You are talking about, you talk to this guard and he talk to that guard. And, but who's going to talk to Allah Ta'ala for me? Allah. Now where did this whole change of outlook come from? And why did one person just see it as such a casual thing and it doesn't even cross his mind and it didn't make any difference to him. And for somebody else, he's already looking at the day of Qiyamah. He's already looking in front of, at the answerability in front of Allah Ta'ala. It's what's in the heart. It's what kind of taqwa is in there. What strikes that heart was put through. The strikes of taqwa, the strikes of the zikr of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala is repeatedly taking the name of Allah Ta'ala, Allah, Allah, that darb, la ilaha illallah, and the various other amal, those strikes, those strikes were creating something in the heart. The strikes, that now the person is trying, he is making an effort, so now he's decided I need to move in this direction, so now I need to make the effort, so now he's making the effort, but sometimes he's faltering, because everything doesn't happen at the press of a button, child is learning to walk but is walking and falling and walking and falling and gradually starts walking more and falling less and then the falls are more spaced out and then a time comes when he barely remembers when last he fell so it happens over process but now this person is falling too often every other day there's a fall so now he's putting the strikes of some self-imposed punishment and if this happens again then 20 rakats nafil this happens again, I will fast three days. 
this happens again then 10% of my allowance in sadaqah, charity now he's putting some pressure on his nafs Abu Talha radiallahu ta'ala is performing salah in his garden nafil salah he's performing salah in his garden and that garden was in full bloom and one bird came and in the thick foliage it got a little bit caught up in there and started fluttering and his concentration got distracted but now that was beyond what he could tolerate that this dunya distracted me whereas it wasn't something that was impermissible garden was perfectly permissible and that bird was something that just happened by chance now that bird came in at that time but now this distracted me from my salah so as a result what he did he gave the whole garden away in sadaqah now for something that distracted his nafil ibadat not the whole ibadat also distracted his concentration in his nafil ibadat that is way beyond our level but something that has put us into haram and has repeatedly dropped us in haram and then a person says but no no I you know I need this for my work and I need this for this need and I can't do without it and if I don't have the smartphone then I won't remain smart myself anymore now all the kinds of excuses we make for the nafs but at the same time we want that nafs to get purified we want that nafs to be shining we want to get that tazkiyah achieved we want to move ahead we want to progress but don't tell me to strike my heart I'm not prepared for the strike but I want that dirt to get cleansed out that dirt must get loosened up and get cleansed out and that takhliya must happen all that dirt and junk must get thrown out from the heart and that tahliya must happen it must get adorned like it must get cleansed out from pride it must get cleansed out from jealousy from malice from all kinds of evils from the love of dunya from the love of the ego from the haram passions and desires and then it must get adorned with the opposite must get cleansed from pride must get adorned with humility it must get cleansed from hasad and jealousy and must get adorned with well-wishing for everyone wishing good for everyone must get cleansed out from from miserliness it must get adorned with generosity and likewise it must get cleansed out from the love of dunya it must be filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala when the heart has been cleansed from all these dirt and filth and has been adorned with this light now then the person will start moving and progressing but it requires those strikes now he's saying no I want that I want to get there but I'm not prepared to strike the strikes are too much for me then how are we going to get that so this is the whole process Allah Ta'ala is saying Qad aflaha man that person is successful who has purified this nafs purified this heart and soul and this will happen via these repeated strikes and for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, for His pleasure, the person submits himself to Allah Ta'ala. Then the times are there when those temptations will be very strong. But everything has its process. The person who wants to give up smoking, which, mashallah, everybody wants to give it up. No person wants to ever not give it up. So, he says, no, the crave will grow. Now when he decided to stop, it will grow. It will grow for the first day, the second day it will be more and the third day by the end of the third day or roughly the third or fourth day it will reach its peak and by that time if the person still persevered and still be there it will start waning and by the ninth day this is what 
some research has found, by the ninth day it will be almost like gone. And if he passed the ten days safely, by the ten day he'll be done. But obviously then, provided he doesn't come in a smoky environment again. Because then one spark can then make him relapse. So, but the point is, that it didn't happen that the moment he decided he's going to stop, it already started now going on the decrease. Rather for the first few days, it, that crave went on the increase. What he normally craved, he started craving far more. But now that's the process by, by which it's all getting spewed out and thrown out. If the person gives in at that stage, then now he's lost the whole process. So this strike, strike on the heart, on the nafs, repeated strike for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, not giving in to the temptations, and then the further strikes with the righteous deeds, with the amal, the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, and all the various other good things, this is what will adorn the heart, and this will become that heart which Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif, but aflaha man zakkaha, Allah Ta'ala make our hearts such, and make us among those who are successful in dunya, in the qabr, in the akhirat, wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. It is reported in the Hadith Sharif the person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous deeds and save him from sin and this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. So therefore, inshallah, we should try to do this daily, set a time in our homes, wherever, that we surround and in a dedicated manner, recite this one tasbih of La ilaha illallah very consciously. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله La ilaha illallah 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 
Ya Allah, deprived of this bounty of the tongue, Ya Allah. We could not have been speaking anything, Ya Allah. We wouldn't have been able to even eat anything, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you blessed us with such a great gift and such a great bounty, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, how we've abused it, Ya Allah. How we've used it to hurt people's feelings, Ya Allah. How we used it to, Ya Allah, use all kinds of vulgarity on it, Ya Allah. This tongue was supposed to have been taking your name, Ya Allah. It was supposed to remain pure for you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, yet this tongue was filled, Ya Allah, soiled in so much of filth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you blessed us with our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, this heart was supposed to be the place of your Muhammad, Ya Allah. This heart was supposed to be the place for your zikr, Ya Allah. For your remembrance, Ya Allah. For your consciousness, Ya Allah. For your marifat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, instead of making the tazkiyah of this heart, Ya Allah. We filled all, filled all the filth and dirt in it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the dirt of the world, we brought it into our hearts, Ya Allah. We made it like the sewer system of the whole world, Ya Allah. All the filth and sewage of the whole world is going through and flushing through our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive these major crimes of ours, Ya Allah. Forgive these terrible crimes of ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, we become so shameless, Ya Allah. Despite all this, Ya Allah, still nothing has happened to us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove this, Ya Allah, lethargy from us, Ya Allah. Remove this lifelessness out of us, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with life, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your marifat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your zikr, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your consciousness, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the muhabbat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the muhabbat of deen, Ya Allah. With the muhabbat of the a'mal of deen, Ya Allah. With the muhabbat of the khidmat of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, keep us in our progenies in the khidmat of deen till our last breath, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah bless us with everything that you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Save us from everything that you are displeased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Keep us on steadfast on Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Keep our progenies till Qiyamah steadfast on Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from all the fitnas, Ya Allah. Save our progenies till Qiyamah from all the fitnas, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, everything only is in your control, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we cannot save ourselves, Ya Allah. Only with your help and your saving us, we can be saved, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us your protection at every moment, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, don't destroy us due to our sins, Ya Allah. Don't deprive us due to our sins, Ya Allah. Allahumma la tahrimna, Allahumma la tahrimna bisu'i a'malina. Allahumma la tahrimna bisu'i a'malina. Allahumma la tahrimna bisu'i a'malina. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, adila, mustabirra, daima. Ya Allah, those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Those in financial problems, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, those who are in debt, Ya Allah. Make the debts get paid with ease and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Save us from what is doubtful also, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with taqwa, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with taqwa, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with taqwa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ilahul Alameen, you are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's dies needs from the grave, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our greatest need is to become yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Make us yours, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله